0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Smart Cities Chronicles, your podcast for Smart Cities action, investment, and outcomes. My name is Philip Bain. I'm the Managing Director of the Smart Cities Council. Our topic today is frictionless data. We frame the topic from our unique three things perspective. What are the three distinct aspects of this topic? Our guest today is Brian Wayne, the CEO of XQ Message. Hi, Brian, how are you? And thanks for being here today. Hey, Philip, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So tell us a little bit about XQ message and what you mean by frictionless data. Sure, happy to. Um, so let's focus on the, the conversation around
1: smart cities. So smart cities are the future of the planet. They harness the power of IT and faster networks, such as 5G to provide better and faster services for urban mobility, development, and living. So XQ specifically solves the problem of digital trust by providing frictionless zero trust data. So while most security systems lock down data and limit its potential, we superpower it. So two common practices around uh, cybersecurity, um, focus on the network and the device protection, but we do it at the data level itself. Um, And we start by trying to remove that friction that we talked about. So first of all, there is the chain of custody. We encrypt the data at its birth and keep track of it through its entire life cycle, right? Um, We make the data self-protecting when it's encrypted at the edge, which lets the data travel wherever it wants to. um, And we know who looked at it, when they looked at it um, and where, right? That provides transparency that no one else offers and that provides confidence. We also allow the data to be network agnostic. So we provide uh, private channels on public uh, networks, Wi-Fi, that sort of thing. Um, We also encourage and support data and network interoperability, uh, which is a, a best practice. So we allow all the systems to talk to one another securely while tracking that data and giving you a holistic, transparent view into
0: all of your data. Cool, so what I hear you saying, Brian, is that you're protecting you're, you're protecting the data at the data level as opposed to the file or the network level, that you're keeping a complete chain of custody from, the, I really like that from the beginning through the life cycle of the data. What well, we wanna get into a little bit about how you're doing that. And then um, you also can work on any kind of network. Um, and then also you, um, the idea of, uh, what was the last one, the last one was, um, interoperability as a best practice. So talking a little bit, maybe we could use um, video capture, the use of video as a use case, maybe talk us through a little bit the life cycle of, if I'm, you know, I mean the famous city today is San Diego and their use of surveillance, but if I was sitting in San Diego and I was the police department and I had a camera in the gaslight quarter and I was capturing uh, videos, what would what would happen to that video after its capture if it was being if it was uh, if you were if San Diego was using SQ Message? Yeah, that's this is a
1: great example. So um, communities and cities capture a lot of information, a lot of data. I mean, smart cities are are powered by data, right? And so um, unprotected smart city data breaches can be catastrophic for smart cities in, in the following ways: public safety, uh, certainly privacy concerns. Uh, with your personally identifiable information being out there, um, hacking into that data at the edge, and just uh, the data integrity for things like your your analytics, your data lakes, um, the support of critical infrastructure. So what we end up doing is um, the first time that an XQ agent encounters that data, whether in in this point it can be on the the camera itself, we slice and dice that data up. Let's say that it's a hundred frames, a thousand frames, whatever else. We're streaming quantum random numbers to the edge, and then we're encrypting uniquely that packet of data at the edge, and then vectorizing it. Right? We give it context. It's you know, it's at the corner of um, Smith and Maine. It's this time. This identity can look at it. Um, it'll live for this long. It's encrypted there, and it's and then we we do that over and over again, right? Every hundred frames, and send it across whatever network it normally would uh, would go across. Anyway, then on the other side, we have that that bit of data and we uh, ask, we say, hey, we're an authenticated endpoint at this this point, we're allowed to read it. Can I please have the the key for it? Great, let's decrypt it and put the whole stream back together. So it's a little bit like um, protecting the gold bars in the safe rather than protecting the safe or the pipe. right? Or I also give the example of um, when you go to the airport and they take your luggage and they wrap it in cellophane. And then it goes through um it's stamped. It's got his own little uh passport for for your luggage. Well, what we end up doing is opening up that luggage and wrapping all the shirts and trousers and pants and your, you know, your hairbrush in cellophane separately, sending it through whatever uh like airline that it normally would go through, whatever route it would go through, and then unwrapping it at the other side and putting your luggage back together. So that's essentially what happens to the video. So what's great about this is that it also um, allows a complete chain of custody. We, we have a passport that gets stamped wherever that data goes, wherever that luggage goes. And, and that lives throughout the life cycle of that data. So uh, if I want to go back and say who looked at that data from Smith in Maine on February 4th, I have a complete chain of custody of who's looked at it then and whoever looked at who looked at it since then and before that. And I can also say, okay, well, that's that data isn't needed for you know public safety or whatever else. I'm going to delete that key. And no matter what other other copy of that key is, exists in the world, that that video, that data essentially turns to digital dust. It's not accessible anymore. So it, it provides complete transparency on both sides of like what happens to the data, and then you know where it is.
0: So let me ask you this. Um... You and I have talked about this, but Ruth B. Yesner had just at IDC had just finished a big study of a lot of cities in the United States. And one of the big issues was what they called digital trust, which was the idea of um, the privacy of data, but also how you govern the data. So going back to the use case on the video. So let's say I have this camera at Smith and Maine, but um, in your XQ, API, which is in the cloud from what you've told me, um, can you put governance rules in there also? So for instance, when the video is, is uh, created, you know, captured and it's sitting there at the edge on the camera, can you then also uh, have a governance rule that says, okay, that, that, that video can only be seen by this kind of person, like a police officer or not a police officer. Is that something that, can you put governance rules in there? Oh, 100%, and we
1: can make them also time bound, and because there's no reason that that police officer might need to to have access to that forever, right? They just need, in the course of that investigation. You can think of it also for any type of um, public data that's stored, say for instance, like the Department of Transportation, right? It's got everybody's records, which is super terrifying. Um, And maybe I have a vendor, a city vendor that that needs access to that for a certain period of time. We can say, okay, rows X through Z, we're gonna allow um, good good software vendor over here access to this for a month. They can download that and use it. I'm gonna have a record of, of, of how they use it every time that they use it. And then afterwards, I'm gonna deprovision them. So even if they have a copy of that data on their, on their hard drive, I'm gonna take back that access, right? And then I'll say, okay, X through Y, they no longer have access to it. I have a complete record of, of everyone that's accessed that over there, but now they're on another project. We're gonna we're gonna reprovision A through C rows in, in this um, data like for these guys, right? So this ability to dynamically assign and assess and limit the ability for other um, applications, vendors, personnel based on role and other
0: privileges uh, to access that data, but
1: still keep a complete chain of custody of it.
0: So not only is the data um, protected at the data level, the governance is integrated at the data level, and it, as you say, it can be time bound. So if I'm the city of San Diego, and let's say I am the I am the custodian of that video, I could set the rules going into the future about how that video would be used. Correct? Oh, 100. Like we deal with this with um, real estate quite a bit. Uh, so for
1: reits or any any sort of contract, you have to keep a um, a copy of that for seven years. That that file, that contract. And then afterwards, you have to make sure that you get rid of it. Well, how do you know who's looked at it, or if they have a copy of it, or if there's duplicates of it somewhere else? Well, a you'll have a, a list of everyone that's had access to it if it's encrypted with XQ, and B you can say you can delete that key remotely, and then that wherever the other copies of that are. It basically turns to digital dust. So this is great for also sharing between between municipalities. So say that I want to share flood data um, between like three closed-knit communities. Um, but I want to make sure that I know, um, you know where it was, where it went, who looked at it, and they should only have it for you know, this period, like one fiscal year. I can do that on a on a data level, on a file level, on a transmission level you have an incredible amount of of capabilities and the ability to reprovision that data remotely.
0: That's cool. Now, you told me the other day, uh, some good news, you'd been issued a patent for this technology, correct? Pretty exciting stuff,
1: yes. We we have a quantum resistant zero trust uh, data architecture that we've been given a patent for. And um, when we say uh, quantum resistant, we're really saying uh, state sponsored attack proof. Right, so we're protecting against data exfiltration, ransomware, um, providing compliance and logging uh, of all the data, as we said before. And uh, this is a unique data-centric approach to um, you know information protection that you know we've uniquely been offered a
0: uh, a patent for, which we're really excited about. That's great, and then and then the quantum resistant is really future-proofing the solution so that. Any of your customers that invest in it know that um, for a conceivably good period of time that it will um, it can resist penetration and um, and you know uh, misuse. So with that, Brian, thank you very much for your time. Um, I think these three distinctive points are really clear: frictionless, uh, complete chain of custody, um, network agnostic. Um, uh, I'll add two more: quantum resistant um, and a patent, which is really cool. So. Oh. Interoperability. And we don't want to forget that. But thank you very much for your time. This is really interesting and look forward to talking to you again.
1: Thanks. It's been a real pleasure. Um, Anyone that's interested in following up, uh, xqmsg.com. You can uh, visit our website for more information. Thank you so much, Philip. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Take care.